welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year, and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hey, and welcome to another great podcast that we're having today. And uh, I'm Maria Geffers. And I'm Tom Geffers. And we're from Career and College Counselors. And we have our, our goal is to get as much information out to you by having experts on our, on our uh, podcast. So today we have Mark Salisbury and his company is Tuition Fit. So uh, hi, Mark. How's it going? It's great. How about you? It's good to be Thank here. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being a guest on our podcast. My the pleasure. essential question that we're going to ask you, and hopefully you'll you'll answer over the the next uh, thirty minutes, is: Does the safety target and reach strategy is it for everyone, or should only select people uh, try it? So that's what we're going to be kind of talking about all through this thirty uh, minutes. So we want to know a little bit about who you are, Mark, what you do, and what was your aha moment? When did you know that this is where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do? That's a really good question. Um, so yeah, I, I have spent 25 years, really my whole career in higher education um, in one form of another. Most of it I spent on college campuses until I started Tuition Fit back in 2018. Uh, but my aha moment was, you know, once I got on a college campus as a very young man, I did not want to leave. And my parents will tell you that that was evident in the seven years I took to finish undergrad. But <laughs> uh, the uh, reality is, is that being on a college campus for me is just such a wonderful, vibrant, alive experience. There's so much going on. There's so much interesting development for young people and new ideas and it's just a wonderful environment to be in and so I think most of my career you can point to here's a person who's working a lot of different jobs in a higher education environment um I just didn't want to leave I just wanted <laughs> to keep keep a some kind of role working with colleges and universities being on a campus and at least just being involved in that environment. And that uh, has been my, my whole story, really. So we're gonna get into tuition fit, uh, the nuts and bolts of that. So uh, how does tuition fit work? Tuition fit is really about building a way for anyone to be able to find out the actual prices that colleges charge across all the different types of students that get different prices 
from different kinds of colleges. We are entirely accustomed to this kind of information being available when we're shopping for a car or a house or renting an apartment or mortgage rates or life insurance, you name it, we're used to that. But the higher education marketplace is the one place where the only information you can really get with certainty is the sticker price that the colleges charge that virtually no students pay anymore. And the only other number you can get is this average price that all the students at a particular student end up paying. You just sort of take all those numbers together and report the average. When the average is half the sticker price, you can just do a little bit of calculating in your head to figure out, oh, so that number is entirely irrelevant because it's like a lot of those studies where nobody's actually average. Everybody's on one side or the other. And when the range is $75,000 a year, the difference really matters. So tuition fit is built on the idea that we as a public can fix this ourselves. We just share information together to create a giant Kelly Blue Book of college pricing and then make it possible for the public to not have to wonder, well, which schools would fit my price range? Just go and look and solve that really early barrier for a lot of folks in trying to find college that's the right financial fit. So you're collecting information uh, over the years, I assume, mm -hmm. of the different uh, pricing and uh, what the colleges uh, offered to students over the years. And, Correct. And taking that as an average, I assume. Uh, do, do, do you think every college uh, treats students differently? In other words, if a student A gets an award letter and student B gets an award letter and it's the same exact amount of money, does that mean that everybody's gonna get that amount or is it specific to those two students? If you, if you follow my question. <laughs> yeah, I think I follow your question and, I, and this is the question that most people uh, ask and wonder and, and they've never really had a chance to see under the hood. One thing that you just mentioned at the very beginning of the question that I think is a really important piece of this is we actually don't do any averaging or aggregating we just show you all of the prices that students like you have received. And the point is for you to see that range because it's absolutely true that students, very similar students, students from a similar financial background and a similar academic pro profile can end up seeing two very different prices at two similar institutions and sometimes even two very different prices at the same institution. But they never know that. And so they only know the prices that they have been shared. It's sort of like when you went to try to buy a used car and the salesman said, look, I'm going to give you a special deal, but don't tell anybody because it's just between you and me. <laughs> right. That's a loaded thing for obvious reasons, right? Right. That's exactly what has happened in the college environment. And as a function of that, it's confusing complicated. It feels like you're walking into a fog with no power. And students are paying a crazy range of prices for essentially the same thing, hmm. the first right. year of college. And then with that, uh, that letter, uh, they can negotiate um, their pricing. Do you, do you help with that as well or no? We don't spend a lot of time trying to tell people what to do. We're just trying to build the data set so they have the ability to think about what to do and to have some confidence and context 
and leverage. Sometimes the decision somebody ought to make is, you know what, I feel a lot more comfortable about taking that price because I feel like it's fair. And now I can see that in fact it is. For other folks, it's, you shouldn't pay that price no matter what. You should negotiate or you should just walk because that's a crazy high price. Right. You can't do any of those things without knowing. And so we just create the data set and then provide that resource to the public who's, who's a DIY college search person or college search professionals. If they're working with a financial planner or a high school counselor or anything in between, now you have ability to guide people because you now have transparency. Okay. And so you, you, you get information from students or families of, of what uh, they've received in the mail from uh, different colleges. They voluntarily give you that information. And yes. how is that information protected or does it need to be protected? Well, I, it needs to be protected because people with good reason are distrustful of how organizations use people's data, right. <laughs> right? We have all kinds of examples in our culture of people's data getting sold to other folks without their knowledge, without their uh, consent, and uh, them being sort of profiled so they can sell certain ads to certain people. You know, people's data, people have become the product a lot of times in the online space. Um, so out one of our core values is people are not a product and people's data is sacred. So from the perspective of the folks sharing it, we got to earn their trust. Now on the award letter, there's really not a ton of, there's no credit card numbers, there's no social security numbers, but it doesn't matter. We want you to trust that we've done it right. So what we do to ensure all of the all of the things that people need to feel when they feel like is my data secure and protected. One is there's passwords and all the things you would do. And we um, do everything that you would do to protect people's data, the data that we do collect, which is not particularly uh, invasive. But more importantly, when they share an award letter with us, they have to share the unredacted award letter because we have to verify that it's real. Mm -hmm. And there have been a few folks that have tried to upload intentionally erroneous data. We're good at catching it, but it's still because people are using this data to compare and contrast, it matters. So they upload what's unredacted. Then we redact all of the private information on that letter, name, temporary ID, if there's an address on there, which is never is anymore. Um, even if there's a named scholarship where somebody could sort of Google that scholarship and find out where this person lives and what their major might be. We redact all of that. And then we show you the redacted version and you have to approve it. So you got final say on, hey, wait, you missed something over here. Or, you know what, I'd just be really more comfortable if you redacted this. Okay, but ultimately the user gets to drive that so that they know that they uh, are anonymized and we've earned their trust. Okay, very good. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit here because I know in your talks and on your uh, Facebook uh, ads and, and so forth, you talk about um, that students should not show too much interest in, in a school. 
And, and I, want, I, want, I want you to talk about that because that's a little different from what most uh, advisors have been doing over the last few years or, or, or telling their students to do. So if you can uh, maybe expand on that a little bit. Sure. And, and this goes to the question that Marie raised earlier about the safety target reach construct. Right. All of the advice that is the sort of conventional wisdom in the college guidance space is framed around getting accepted. 40 years ago, getting accepted really was the goal because the sticker price was a lot lower and it was the price that most students were gonna pay. So you could use that as a mechanism to ensure that you weren't gonna look at a school that was ultimately outside of your price range. 40 years later, all of that has blown up. And so folks don't have any way to identify the schools that are actually gonna be a financial fit for them. And we have to remind ourselves, I think pretty loudly and pretty often at this point, that the goal isn't just to get into college. And the goal isn't even just to graduate from college. The goal is that after you've graduated, the student has financial stability and the opportunity to take what opportunities come to them that might be interesting, that might help them in the long run. So even if they graduate, but they're under a mountain of debt, we failed. And we have to walk that back so that the question isn't about just getting in. The question is a bit about what price are you going to be asked to pay? Because you as a student have already narrowed your choices considerably when you chose which schools you're going to apply to, right? There's thousands of colleges and universities, you've applied to 10 of them. So you've already eliminated 99.9% .9 of the options. So when we talk about demonstrated interest, this idea of showing too much interest, the way that that works from the perspective of the seller, from the colleges and universities, is they see that as, okay, this customer really, really, really wants to be at our place. And this is not suggesting that colleges and universities are bad people. They're not. They're running a business. They got to keep the lights on. This is, this is a way a marketplace works. Right. If you're selling something and somebody says, I am desperate to buy the thing you sell, your motivation isn't to absolutely give them the price that they'll say yes at no matter what. Your motivation is, great, well, maybe I can get a pretty good price for this thing now. And so you offer them a price that may not be the very best price you could give. From the right. consumer's perspective, this is how this plays out with demonstrated interest, is that when you throw yourself at the mercy of that school, you're also telling them, I'm probably willing to pay more than you might think I am or think somebody like me would to come there because I love you so much. Right. That's not the message you want to send. You might want to be professional. You might want to be respectful. You might want to be all of the things that you're supposed to be as a kind person, but that's not the same as sending them a box of cookies and begging to please be accepted into your institution. The same thing is true with the safety target and reach thing. That is all built on getting accepted. That's not built on finding a price tag that fits you, that is a financial fit. And that's where the safety target reach thing it's no longer useful anymore mm -hmm. because the reach thing, it's all going to be really expensive schools if you got in and you just right. spent a hundred bucks for each of those applications. 
target, if you're just like everybody else, you're going to get the average, which for a lot of schools is $35,000 a year. If you've got that, great. But a lot of people don't. So mm -hmm. this is where identifying schools that are the right financial fit, forget about safety. It, it doesn't matter if you just got in. It matters if you got in and it's a price that fits you. Right. So what is your ideal client? I'm a parent and I'm not sure if I can use your services. If you could tell me what your ideal client looks like. Our ideal client really is anyone, anyone or any organization that will benefit from knowing the actual prices, mm -hmm. that will benefit from real transparency. Our client is not a college search professional who promise you, promises you, I will get you into your dream school because I'm the only one who knows the secret sauce. Right, right. There's a few of those out there. There's a documentary about one of them that came out not too long ago that we all know of, but that's not our client. Yeah. Our client is everybody else. So if you're a parent or a student and price matters, not because you don't have any money and you barely can pay your rent, that obviously price matters there, but you might also have plans with the money you've set up and you can't just send an electronic check for the full price tomorrow, <laughs> or you want to pay for graduate school or you want to help your students start a business after they finish school. If, if value matters for you, then tuition fits exactly where you should come. So if you're a college search professional and you're helping people, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody who cares about solving this major log jam we're there we're there for them so um are you saying that it, when i'm a junior or a senior this is this is the opportune time for us to reach out to you if i have a junior or a senior student good good if, if you're at the beginning of the college search and you're trying to find a list of schools that you want to apply to you would be crazy not to think about price because it's a waste of time and money and emotional energy to apply to a place, get in and then get a price that's nowhere close to what you want. Mm -hmm. You need that list to fit your financial fit as well as everything else. Tuition fits the only place that can ensure that you find that. So when you're building your college list, we are absolutely where you need to come. And yeah. then when you're at the end of the college search and you've got some financial aid offer letters and you wanna know if it's a good price, if it's a fair price, we're the only place that you can go to find that. So both of those places, tuition fit is ideal. It's a good fit. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the most challenging or the biggest challenge you have ever faced uh, in, your, in your business? You know, this is one of those challenges where we're just, we're not bringing in, we're not introducing just a, a better fidget spinner. <laughs> we're not just walking in with something that, you know, built a car that's just a little bit better gas mileage. We're asking people to essentially realize that the whole way that the system is designed is actually disempowering and disadvantaging them. So the challenge that for us is the biggest challenge for me has been the biggest challenge is to essentially say to the conventional wisdom, you're actually not helping, you're actually making it worse. And that is pushing a boulder up a very long and steadily steeper hill. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a that's been a real challenge to to continue to sort of put forward that message and put it forward in a way that still recognizes higher education institutions aren't evil. That I worked in them for a very long time and everybody I worked with, well, except two or three, everyone <laughs> I ever worked with, phenomenal, wonderful, caring, incredible people trying really hard to do right by people that want to learn. Mm-hmm. But higher education institutions and the public, they need each other, but they've got a whole bunch of obstacles that are preventing both from being as successful as they can be, as they need to be. And the Tuition Fit Project really is built on, at the center of that marketplace, we need to create transparency to open up a log jam and fix something that needs to be fixed on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to get jacked up about how the system works and sort of paint higher education institutions as the bad guy. And sometimes my language tends to sound that way. I may have even sounded that way a little bit in this conversation. But the challenge has always been to remain at the middle and say, you know what, we're not trying to blow this thing up, trying to make it better. But in a lot of ways, the one way to make it better is to nudge the whole thing to a place that colleges are not necessarily sure they want to go. Um, You know, you talk about uh, people caring and uh, no one's really the bad guy here, even though some people do paint. Uh, you know, certain people as the the enemy. And we have two daughters. One of them works in the business part of, if you would call it, the student service part Mm -hmm. of an institution. And then we have another daughter who is actually an adjunct professor. So teaching. So, you know, that we we see both of those, uh, you know, both of those sides. And Mm -hmm. so you've been in that, in the business. So Tell us what the most rewarding uh, moment that you had or a, uh, a story that you really felt, because we're all in this business to help people, obviously. And um, we like getting that fix, if you will, of I made a difference. So could you kind of t- briefly tell us uh, maybe a little story about that? Yeah. Well, I, I have been really, really lucky in some of the work that I got to do. Um, because a lot of the work that I did in higher ed, whether it was in athletics, I was a coach for 10 years, um, or whether it was deep in the sort of how do you use data to get better as an organization, um, the work that I got to do was uh, to help people and organizations actually get better. And there are certain people at organizations that everybody always looks to and says, oh, they've got it all together, they're perfect. But then there's everybody else. There's all the rest of us, right? And I have, I can think of a number of times where I've gotten to work with both student affairs folks and instructors where things are hard. There's not enough time in the day. And the students don't quite seem as plugged in as you'd like them to be. Mm -hmm. And you're questioning whether you're any good at what you do. And you, you know, you, when you do this work, you really lay yourself out there Mm -hmm. and you can really feel by yourself and you can have all kinds of thoughts of, I am (laughs) not good at this and I'm not helping. And so one of the things that I got to do a lot over the past decade was 
to work with individuals and offices to sort of help them see a different way of doing what they do and giving them just a few suggestions about, you know, when the students have this experience, they really seem to come alive or they seem to feel like they really learned something or they grew. So let's see if we can find ways to make that happen more. And it's usually not a fundamental rewrite. It's not like, you know, sort of give up everything and do. It's just tweak this, tweak this. And when you're in the middle of the storm as an instructor, you, you can't step out and sort of say, oh, well, it looks like I'm becoming a little bit defensive. No, you're just in the middle of it, right? So um, I have had the real honor to be able to help people just with a little bit of information, a little bit of data, and then they really light up and feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm actually getting better at what I do, and I just needed a little bit of help to see it. Mm-hmm. Outside, another another voice, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, you know, with this college uh, field always changing, and especially since COVID nineteen, everything's kind of been thrown up in the air and is now coming down, and we still don't know what it's going to look like. Um, how do you keep abreast of all of those changes because they're always happening? Well, it certainly helps to have twenty five years of friends and colleagues and relationships with people all over the country that are in the middle of higher education. Um, But there's also a number of really smart writers and journalists that pay attention to, you know, what's going on and what's on the edge and what might be happening and what not. not. Um, You know, there's several really good publications that just continually are pumping out really interesting stuff. Um, You combine those two things and um, it is really, I think, possible to have a sense of what's going on. But at the same time, one thing that's actually sort of useful to remember is higher education is terrible at change, fundamental change. And as you said, you know, even with COVID throwing this huge curveball into the mix and colleges shifting to online, mm-hmm. um, you still have majors, you still have minors, you still have student affairs, you still have academic affairs, you still have tuition, you still have books, you still have all of the basic structure of how this thing works. And all of the confetti that we threw in the air with um, COVID is now settling down basically into the same buckets (laughs) that they were in before. Right. So um, for all, uh, you know, with that, what's that phrase that everything changes, the more it looks the same. Yes. Yes. I think there's an awful lot of that going on here. Um, and so, uh, that makes it easier to keep up because as I get older, I'm not sure I'm just getting any faster. So. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So here, here we are in August and I have a son or daughter going into senior year. And uh, I finally, uh, you know, woke up and said, hey, we got a problem here. How do we contact you to find you and to, you know, to get the ball rolling in in TuitionFit? How do we do that? TuitionFit.org, dot O-R-G. TuitionFit's all one word, TuitionAndFit.org. And that's our website. It's a really simple place to go. You can find me, my smile and mug right on the front page. And, um, 
you can anybody can reach out to me directly um, through the contact page at Tuition Fit. I'll even tell you my email is mark at tuitionfit.org. Anybody can reach out to me anytime and um, ask whatever they want to ask. But the, the platform itself is really quite simple and it's pretty straightforward. And it's just focused on how do you make sure that the schools you're looking at are in the price range that you need them to be? And instead of going out and sort of swooning over schools without knowing, let's start with what are the schools that are in my price range? Mm -hmm. And Tuition Fit can help you do that. Very great. good. And you have a great Facebook and uh, TED, uh, the TEDx talk. If anyone wants to know that you can find him on TEDx and, uh, you know, get a little bit more information about who he is and what his beliefs are. Right. So is there anything else uh, that we haven't talked about that you'd like to bring up before we close? You have asked some really great questions and <laughs> there's a lot in here that um, there's a lot to dive into. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that is, 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 is a part and parcel to the things that you all have done and talk about a lot. And, you know, when folks are thinking about going to college, when they're thinking about post-secondary anything, when, you know, if the focus is just on college, I think we kind of miss that we, for every student, you're playing the long game. And when you're, you're 18, you haven't grown up yet. You're not fully together. Right. Okay, Noel, when you're 22, you're also not fully grown up, not fully together. Tom, you and me, our frontal lobes don't develop until we're in our mid-20s. And that's when the hair starts falling out, right? Well, at least for me. Anyway. So the point is, for every student as they're thinking about this, play the long game. Think about who you want to be and what makes your, you know, what makes you tick. And then there are multiple paths to get there. Those paths are all going to have straightaways. They're all going to have curves on them. And college is just a piece of that. Mm -hmm. And I think when people think about it that way, one, it takes a lot of stress off. And two, you're a lot more likely to sort of get somewhere in the ballpark of where you're kind of hoping to go. Right. right. Exactly. Absolutely. It, it is a journey. And I think sometimes as parents, we get a little uh, stressed out about how oh, yeah. this piece of, of the journey is. And, uh, you know, you did a good job of unstressing, de-stressing, hopefully some parents who are listening to you that relax, it's okay, we can get through this, and you yes. gave us some great steps. So I want to thank you, Mark, for being part of uh, our podcast. As always, um, our experts have really given us pieces and a bit of themselves, and you have given a bit of yourself uh, to us. So well, thank, thank you, you again. So I appreciate it. And for those that are listening, uh, please re-watch and re-hear what Mark has to say because there's a lot of gold in that. Right. And uh, you might find a little like a calming effect. Uh, you know, we're all here for you. So uh, I'm Maria Geffers. And I'm Tom Geffers. And we thank you all for being here. Again, thank you, Mark Salisbury from Tuition Fit. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thanks.